0: Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Reel. This is our children's series. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Warramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to our podcast series for families, Chats with fabulous children's authors and illustrators. I'm Karen Eastwood, and each episode I will chat to authors and illustrators who are connected to this creative city of Newcastle. I love all the books.
1: probably grab chapter books because I'm really into them. And the reasons I like reading is because it's enjoyable, relaxing and interesting.
0: Today our special guest on Chats is Paul Russell, teacher, artist, playwright and author. Paul started his publishing with a middle grade series but his success has come through his most recent books. Grandma Forgets is a beautiful story that explores dementia my story is inspired by his own experience with dyslexia and the incurable imagination promotes the importance of the imagination. A warm welcome to you Paul and thanks for joining us today on Chats. Thank you for having me. So how important is it do you think to write from one's own personal experience?
1: I find it one of those things where very much the more honest you are with your audience the more they connect with it Mm -hmm. and I find that even though and imagination is that amazing thing that pushes your own experience much further, that the more honest you are and the more open you are, people just connect and come back to that. And I found it amazing, especially sort of sharing those stories that I thought of thought were just me, how many people come back and connect to that and sort of tell me about that and their experiences. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think even though you can always write what you haven't lived, I think when you've lived it, it just becomes across the page so much better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just that, well, I suppose it's an authenticity that just comes through.
1: Yeah, and I think, especially writing for children, I think children are very good at picking up yeah. when you're not treating them as people that can actually be subjected to text and actually read things and sort of they know when they're being talked down to.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what sort of reaction and feedback do you get from your stories?
1: Well, I think Grandma Forgets was my first real insight into how powerful a children's book could be. I had no idea because... I wrote it not as a book about dementia. Mm. I wrote it as a book about my grandmother. Yeah, And so it was literally just this book about our relationship and sort of how that sort of went when she was, you know, forgetting who I was. And the amount of people, especially sort of men, especially that have sort of come out of the audience and talk to me about their experiences afterwards. And what I found really positive is Grandma Forgets is not a sad story. No. And so people actually come and tell the glowing memories and their happy memories of dementia. And it's not something they often get to share. They often sort of... Because dementia can often be that long drawn out thing, they sort of, the end of their life is quite sad. And so having that chance to come and say, oh, this great memory of these sort of things and, and the jokes about the fun things they forget rather than the important things they forget yeah. has really been quite heartening. And I cannot share that book anywhere without actually having someone that comes and shares. Yeah. And then when I wrote my story, which was sort of my story about being dyslexic, it was amazing how many people just came through and just had that exact same experience. And I was really blessed because I had a teacher that sort of helped me with that. But um, some people that didn't and just sort of still connect with that story and sort of talk about it and that experience sort of had. And I think it's amazing how a picture book can connect with all ages of people. And it's often the parents that will come and tell me about their experiences necessarily rather than the eight-year-old or 10-year-old that's saying that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really um, quite magical thing when a book, and it happens a lot, I think these days, maybe it's a marketing thing as well, but just that magic when the adult connects with it as much as the
1: kids. I, I think it's one of those things too where I find it amazing when an adult that hasn't even picked up a picture book,
0: you know, that yeah.
1: they'll bring their child along to an event because something's on. yeah. And then all of a sudden they get engrossed by the story and they're talking about it and you see them light up. I think that's an amazing experience. And yeah. especially sometimes when you are sort of, they'll then get books and take them home and start reading. And I think that parents reading to a child is one of the most amazing things. Mm. So to be able to promote that, I think, is exceptional.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I find um, nice books to read. Welcome to Chats with fabulous children's authors and illustrators. What stories, authors or books did you love as a child? Reach out at library at ncc.nsw.gov.au. So what advice would you give budding authors listening in?
1: I think the biggest thing that held me back as an author when I sort of started writing, and, and I was sort of sending, mis- sending manuscripts to slush piles from sort of 17... And I was sort of in my 30s before I actually had a book published. Mm. And I think the, the biggest thing was I was always afraid of sort of putting myself out there and sort of talking to people that were actually writers because I had such esteem for these people that were already published. Yeah. I didn't think I could, I could approach them. And I found I, um, I joined the CBCA a couple of years before I sort of started writing properly and just being around people that had actually done writing and sort of people that had the experience. And you always hear about these rules of you can't do this and you have to do this. And then you talk to people who have done the complete opposite and found success or found it in the most obscure way. And sort of the people's writing journey is always so interesting how they ended up there. Mm, mm. And I think I really, my biggest regret is that I didn't do that in my 20s. I didn't actually get out there and experience writing festivals and see people that are actually doing it because I just thought it was this elite world. Yeah, yeah. And they're just so generous. It's so often that you'll go somewhere and you'll see somebody that you can't imagine how high you've raised them. And they just happily have a chat with you
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: and i mean i when i was in primary school i had um the ted prior come and visit mm-hmm. and so he to me that was the one author i had visited in primary school and then when i was doing a writing festival, he was one of those people who were talking there i think he did the exact same talk but i sat in trawl <laughs> and then afterwards just had this chat to this person who i just saw as an idol but just, but just happily chats and shares his story and talks and i found writers to be so generous with their time and their stories and everything and have yet had a bad experience with somebody not wanting to have a chat and talk and yeah it's one of those industries where it's hard to get to that level but people are just so generous and sharing their time and their stories and effort and everything yeah with everybody it's such an embracing industry as well
0: that's that's great to hear that um i'll just add in there ted Pryor is the author of the series the grug series yeah yeah um, you might be familiar with the character comes from the um, xanthoria plant, the big long fronds. And, the and, and I can still remember, stuff. at sort
1: of six or seven, he was there showing us how to draw it and painted it on it for us. And then, you know, when I saw him at 34 or 5, he was there doing the same painting. And it was yeah. just amazing to see this, this story that I just didn't even think I'd ever be able to talk to the author as an actual person. Yeah. And then just suddenly, you know, sharing his life and his stories and everything it was amazing.
0: I'm going to jump ahead to a question that I normally ask towards the end, but I'll ask you now. What do you think is special about Newcastle for writers and illustrators? I think it's amazing
1: how not too many years ago, there wasn't Newcastle writers and illustrators that I would hear about. Mm. And I don't know whether it was because I was not in the scene at all, but embracing it, there's just so many people that are actually doing amazing things. Mm. And I keep reading and keep finding, oh, this amazing book from a local author Mm. or from a local illustrator. And Again, they're people that are just willing to share. And groups like CBCA and Squibby and those sort of groups that are around, people are so generous with their time at being able to tell you how they got there, what they're doing, you know, openly talking about whether they had agents and not agents and all those sort of things and competitions and different ways they sort of got there. And... Newcastle's actually quite alive with people that are actually writing things and doing things and out there and big names that you sort of don't realise are actual local people. Mm-hmm. And it's a really nice place to sort of go. And Newcastle's Writers' Festival has been amazing and just growing bigger and bigger over the mm-hmm. last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Great. Let's all read along together, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Chats with fabulous authors and illustrators. Use your library membership to access our online children's stories at Storybox. RB Digital and BorrowBox. You might like to visit one of our branches or book the kids in for a program. You'll find lots of information at the Newcastle Library's website, newcastle.nsw.gov.au forward slash library. What was your favourite book as a child and why?
1: It's one of those things where um, I've had a lot and... I always look at the CBCA because my local primary school literally had like that was their books they got every year Yeah. but I think I have to go back to Peter Pan and Peter Pan and Wendy is the only book that I've sort of read as an adult and continued to enjoy mm-hmm. on different levels Yeah. and I think it's one of those books where I read it as a kid and thought it was you know that fantasy book about going away somewhere but as an adult sort of the humor and the joke was sort of written you know a hundred plus years ago that are still relevant and still yeah. amazing of that idea of the, the difference between an adult and a child I think it's just an amazing book and still have read it again and enjoy and i think it's one of those books that i can actually read again and again and then you know picture book animalia was amazing yeah. i still find you know incredible to share with children today i still as a teacher i still find it one of those books that i'm you know engaged to share that's you know, 30 plus years old
0: yeah yeah it says something about a book when it can sort of transcend time really and that's what makes them classics i suppose Absolutely, isn't it? yeah so what are you currently working on? Can you give us a, a bit of inside info on your latest project?
1: I, I look at that question. I, that question always throws me a little bit because of the idea. It's such a long process, as, especially as a picture book author. Yes. So um, I have two picture books coming out next year, but I worked on them, you know, 18 months ago. <laughs> and, and so I sort of, I have a picture book early next year about anxiety. That was sort of my, um, my daughter came me and said, oh, can you write a book about me? And it was interesting The sort of, I wrote it with her talking about sort of her being anxious and worried about things and she got really excited about this book being all about her and, and so it ended up sort of being a tool to sort of her talk about, talk about worry and anxiety in her, which was really interesting. And then I have another one sort of mid next year that's sort of about the idea of um, children that are round pegs trying to fit in square holes and yeah. that sort of thing and that idea of sort of not fitting in. But it's interesting, at the moment I'm actually working on, well, I'm starting to work on a collaboration with another author, which I've never done before. I've, mm-hmm. I've always written very solo. I've always sort of, you know, hidden away and just written by myself. And I'm actually trying to sort of do something with somebody else, which is a very different process. I I don't quite know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. But it's a very interesting way to write. And I think it's whatever it will be, it will be different. It will be a learning process.
0: How does that compare with working? Because when... From what I've understood from talking with lots of different authors and illustrators and general process is that the author produces, the illustrator produces and near the twin shall meet. So, and it's just the preferred method of working. Is that the same with this? I mean, how is it working with an author?
1: um, It's interesting. So my first book I wrote, most of the picture books that I write, I haven't talked, discussed with the illustrators at all. Yeah. And one of the ones that I have coming out next year, I actually got with the Illustrator early on. We actually had those discussions and talked about it, which was a really interesting process. But no, with all the, the COVID-19 and the social isolation and the, the idea of Zooming meetings, we're actually sort of meeting on Zoom and chatting and talking about things and sort of you know, spitballing ideas to start with of how we're going to go something. And it started because I wrote something and thought of him. And I sent it going, check this out. Do you want to sort of write the second half of it? And then it, we ended up sort of talking and people came up with a new idea of how we could sort of work together. Yeah. And I'm not sure yet that we're going to successfully work together. But <laughs> it's a really interesting idea because the biggest thing that I had when I started writing picture books was to get your own idea illustrated by somebody else becomes their idea as well. Yeah. And so Grandma Forgets is my story and then the lead character becomes a little girl because the illustrator interprets it that way.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: so I think it's really interesting when you – start having a story and you share that writing process with somebody else, it stops becoming all about you. And it's a really, I don't know yet how I'm going with that, but it's it's a really interesting creative process. And I'm not sure what the end product will be and whether it will be a useful end product, but the actual process has been amazing and really opening to creative elements of, feeding off each other, which has been really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a real letting go, you know. Yeah, it's a it's, little bit hard. Yeah, well, we, I imagine, you know, you become very attached to your characters and, and the format and how you've, how you've envisaged it the whole time you've been writing it and then to suddenly have to let go of that a little bit and, and trust that by doing that you can come up with something else, perhaps and it's, even better. Well,
1: it's, and I'm very much a pants writer. I will just start at the beginning and start writing and, and not know where it's going to go. Yeah. And yeah. he's very much a plotter and so oh. we're seeing how that's going to work together.
0: What do you hope children will get out of your
1: books? Um, I found it really interesting. So so my story, which is a book about dyslexia, part of the thing that's in it is there's several words that are actually spelt phonemically on the page. Mm. And I had a real struggle to try to convince an, an editor and a publisher that I could actually publish spelling mistakes in a book to start with. Yeah. And they took a big chance on doing that. And what we sort of found, the illustrator ended up working with a group of children in um, Western Australia, about 60 of them actually, to help with the illustrations, which was an amazing process. These dyslexic children were actually writing their own stories and Mm. then part of their stories ended up in the illustrations and the backgrounds and things were their stories.
0: Fantastic.
1: But what I found with it is children that are actually dyslexic don't have trouble reading through those words on the page. And so they'll read through it because they're often reading phonetically anyway. Those phonetic words just go smoothly as they normally do. Where children that are actually really competent readers actually struggle with those words and have to stop and look at it. Wow! So it actually ended up being this really way to have children have insight into their peers who have trouble reading, who have never had trouble reading. Yeah. And it was a really interesting way. And it's sort of I'll know straight away how a child reads whether they call it my story or my story e because of how it's spelled on the front. Yes. And children that emphasise the e, I know are competent readers. Yeah. And children that don't, I know are just happy to read it any way they see it. And so it's one of those processes where. Where I thought it would be for dyslexic children, it really ended up a book that could go both ways. And it was really interesting to sort of have those conversations with children that never had an idea of having any trouble with reading and teachers that would then come back and say, hey, it's a really interesting process and we're showing it this way and doing it this way. And it's been really, you know, good that way. Yeah. It also sort of showed me um, I got a number of reviews, especially American ones that were sort of quite negative to the book who hadn't read the book. Oh, God. And it's one of those things where I, I hadn't experienced that before where they're just that judging because of the idea of it being having a spelling mistake in it. But, it, so, again, it's really started conversations as well, which I really like, and so sort of getting in that conversation about, you know, what is literature, why are we writing it, and how do we write
0: Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And you can borrow my story from Newcastle Library as you well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, would you like to read us an extract of what you've brought in today, The Incurable Imagination? <laughs>
1: Of course, I'm great. Um. Okay, so this is illustrated by Ashka. Right from the start, everyone knew there was something a little bit different about Audrey. When other children painted their parents, Audrey painted the ogre who lived under her bed drinking tea. While other children learned songs about black sheep, Audrey made up a song of her own about a table that used its legs to run away and join the circus. When Audrey started school, things became even worse. Audrey made lots of friends at school, but some of them were invisible to grown-ups. Audrey was quickly diagnosed as having a serious case called imagination. It was the worst case her teacher, Mrs. Perry, had ever seen. They tried to remove it with alphabet charts, but Audrey turned the letters into soup, which made the whole class laugh. They tried to block her imagination by making her count to 10 again and again, but Audrey turned the numbers into aliens and sent them blasting off into space. Even Mrs. Perry had to try to not smile at that. But it was more serious than anyone had feared the condition was contagious. And soon the other children in Audrey's class began to show symptoms too.
0: And if you want to hear the rest of that story, you need to borrow it from Newcastle Library. (laughs) Thanks so much for bringing that in. Very welcome. Do your, obviously the students in your class know that you're a writer as well?
1: Yeah, it comes up every now and then. And it's one of those things where, because I've been doing it a while now, it's not that big alarm bell moment. So there's not that key point to tell them, but they'll suddenly find a book in a library and go, hey, this is your name hey, this is you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's especially sort of the older readers, because often when I will have younger classes, they haven't necessarily seen the novels, and so they'll pull it off the shelf going, look, this is your name. I said, that's actually mine. <gasps> and so it's one of those things where it often gets children borrowing as well to sort of take the books home and sort of yeah. read them.
0: yep. That's brilliant. You're a double influence. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Paul, are you ready for the quick fire five?
1: Oh, I think so. Okay.
0: <laughs> Peanut butter, crunchy or smoothie? Vegemite. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: no, but not been
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Well, with the Vegemite, do you like thickly spread or just smattering?
1: Quite the smattering on sort of, with butter on toast as well. Yeah, so yeah. It has lots of butter, yeah. melted butter in the smattering. That's right, yeah. yeah.
0: Actually, I'm also a fan of the to- crunchy toast, you know, with an olive oil and Vegemite and avocado. It, yes. You can't have avocado with butter.
1: No, See, at all. Yeah.
0: Combinations. It's all about good combinations. Good <laughs> Sorry, that was making that about me and it's about you. <laughs> Do you write with pen or on the computer?
1: Uh, always computer, um, iPad, phone, but always digital.
0: He's digital man. Winter or summer?
1: I would have always said winter because I always feel like you can always put a jumper on, but it's been awfully cold this week and I've been <laughs> complaining. So I still think I'll say winter, but I think it's just because so I can always feel like I can get warmer where it's been cold this week. You
0: need a beanie.
1: Yes, that's true. There's
0: trapping in the heat, you see, beanies and gloves. Best beach?
1: Any beach I can look at with a copy of my hand, I'm happy at.
0: Oh, too easy. You've got plenty to choose from That's here. right. I mean, that's in Newcastle. Favourite teacher at school and why?
1: Um, year 10 teacher. His name was Clinton Max. He was an English teacher when I was almost turning off to English. Mm-hmm. Introduced me to bizarre text. So sort of, I was in the bottom English class, dyslexic at school. He started on uh, Merchant of Venice yeah. and then went to Out of the Silent Planet, mm-hmm. which I thought was bizarre and loved it. He talked about humour in Shakespeare rather than anything else. And he said to me that he, first he had this writing task that was, I'm going to look at your writing, not your spelling. So write whatever you like. And then he said to me at the end of the year, he said, you're actually quite good at this. If you keep going and get better, you can always pay someone to fix your spelling. Yes. And it was that thing that I've thought back of since, because I've never been confident sharing writing because my spelling was always one of those things. And this was sort of, I guess, before PCs would sort of help me a little bit. But, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and it was that, that sentence that he threw away without thinking about much more of it. That sort of made me sort of think, and you know, thankfully, oh, twenty plus years after he had me, I got to go back and share my story with him. The actual book,
0: oh fabulous! Because he
1: was the teacher that inspired that, and that is in that. So I took it back to him. And actually, got to go and share. Look, this was you. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, that must have been a magic. It, it was amazing. Him, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, very welcome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and thanks very much for coming in today to chat with us on Chats.
1: Very welcome. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Chats with fabulous children's authors and illustrators. Rate and review us wherever you listen to keep our story going. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production.